Hello, and welcome to Ponderings from the Perch, the Little Bird Marketing Company podcast. With me today is Ashley LeBlanc. She is the content marketing strategist, one of several, here at Little Bird Marketing. And we had so much fun on our last episode together that we thought we'd do it together. And this whole episode is going to be about blogging. To blog or not to blog? Mm. This is the question we get all the time. (laughs) So we're just, we thought it would be easier for everybody. This is, we we get questions in about this, around the subject, about the subject, specifics, technical. I mean, just all over this topic. And so we're going to try and hit it all. What do you say? We just kind of. Yeah, let's. Let's, Let's just jump in. It. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's definitely a hot topic. Yeah. You know, blogging, it's been around for a while now. It seems like it it might just be something that everyone can do, but we're here to say maybe not everyone <laughs> should be doing it. And if you are doing it, maybe you should have a strategy. Right, right. I love that. You know, coming um from, you know, the mom blog mm-hmm. uh yeah. world, right? We're long past mom blog world. And uh, there was a time when only the people who had been on it for a long time and had a really built up their audience and had been really, um, really careful about, you know, speaking directly to their small little niche. Mm-hmm. And they had, you know, the loyal followings were yeah. the things with mommy bloggers. And I don't know, maybe I shouldn't say mommy bloggers. It sounds so patronizing. <laughs> yeah. It's not, though. They really, they filled a niche. You know, yes. there was a need for relevant content out on the web. They found their people. Right. And they started writing to them. And what's so funny to me in some ways is that there is a little bit of this disdain for mommy blogger. But the thing is, they really got that piece right. Yeah. They knew their audience yeah, to the core. And then they were, and then they were also prolific. Mm. And anymore, it's so hard to find people who are prolific. And Seth Godin is a good example of someone yes. who, it's a small blog. It's really short, but yeah. he blogs every day. Every single day. Yeah. So there's, you know, in some ways, we've come a long way in that now there's a business case for blogs. But in mm-hmm. some ways, I feel like some people are losing it. Yeah. They've really lost their way. Yeah. So as a content marketing specialist, Mm -hmm. I'm in the office day to day with the rest of the team. We're the ones that are writing the blogs, doing the research for our clients. But really, you're the one that's out there talking to the clients, talking to these business leaders. And I'm assuming they have a lot of questions about blogs. I think I've heard you say that before. (laughs) What are the main questions you're getting from these people? Well, it's like you hit on at the beginning. People are asking, you know, should I be blogging? You know, or no, that's I take that back. Really, nobody's asking, should I be blogging? Mm-hmm. To be really honest, they're asking one of two things. They're asking either, you know, Priscilla, isn't it like blogging a thing of the past? Isn't that just like so bygone era? Mm-hmm. And they're kind of, they're putting that out there more as a question to see if I'll confirm it mm-hmm. for them. What they, they Maybe they feel or they suspect. Right. Or the other people kind of, you know, um, push me into a little corner and very quietly whisper <laughs> to me, um, uh, I know I should be blogging and I'm not. And so basically it's a confessional booth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they know that they should be doing something to be building a platform mm-hmm. or building an audience or talking in a relevant way to an audience. They kind of know that on one hand, right. but they it, it is actually – it used to really surprise me how many companies, how many big brands, how many people who are really serving a particular niche – are not blogging, mm. and there is such a huge opportunity yeah. for doing it. Yeah, that's interesting. So they're finding that 
They know it's important. Right. They know that blogging is important, but it comes down to they just don't mm-hmm. have the time. You know what? Bandwidth is probably the number one reason why we get hired. And I would love to say that it's because I'm a good time, <laughs> you know, or Ashley's so amazing yeah. or, you know. Those are part of it. Those are, oh, yeah, they're on the list. They're on the list. But, you know, really why you hire a marketing firm to do any of these kinds of things is because of a lack of bandwidth. You know right. that this is what needs to get done. Um, and you probably, too, number two might be also a lack of uh, expertise mm-hmm. on the team with right. it. So that's number two. But a lot of people come Come to us basically exasperated and just like I look, I can't wear another hat. That's mm. that's it. And and you know this question of should I blog really keys in on this because they do not have the time to check on it and ask if they should or not mm. because they don't know the answer to that. They get so many right. different answers from different people. Consider yourself lucky hearing this announcement. I guess you must be living right or something. We had so much fun imagining this amazing Flock Stars Women in Research miniseries. Then we got to actually see it come to life. And we hope you do not miss an episode because these are truly epic women. But we wanted to celebrate by doing something really cool. So we thought of this crazy idea and we're going to do a giveaway. We put together a prize package. It is full of amazing stuff you actually want. Trust me. So for starters, you'll get two books from the speakers that we featured in the Wire Exec Retreat. Nilifer Merchant's book will be first, The Power of Onlyness, Make Your Wild Ideas Mighty Enough to Dent the World, and Contagious Culture. Show up, set the tone, and intentionally create an organization that thrives by Anise Cavanaugh. They were amazing speakers at Wire Exec Retreat. I know you're going to love those books, but we're going to throw in more. We love rad women worldwide, artists and athletes, pirates and punks, and other revolutionaries who shaped history. I'm going to throw that in. We're great friends with another epic woman, Sarah Marshank. We're going to throw in her book, Being Selfish, and also Pause. Harnessing the Life-Changing Power of Giving Yourself a Break by my dear, dear friend, Rachel O'Mara. I'm also going to throw in one of my favorites, a book called Porn for Women. Now, this book is not what you think it is, but trust me, you will laugh so hard reading this book, you will cry. I know we'll throw in some Little Bird marketing stuff, a t-shirt, a tote bag, and some other things like that. And all of our friends that we talked to about this cool giveaway off the cuff started sending things in. So every day this prize package is growing and it'll be fun. So just go to littlebirdmarketing.com forward slash badass women and you can enter to win. It's as simple as that. So... If if someone came up to you mm-hmm. and they said, should I blog? Oh, yeah. Okay, what, let's get right to yeah. the heart of it. <laughs> so what would you say to them? Um, what would be your convincing argument? Well, I wouldn't have a convincing argument either way. I would ask them a few other questions because should you blog? Yes. Should you blog? No. And it's different for different people because I would say first and foremost, do you have a strategy? Let me back up. Number one is, do you know your audience? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so number one, do you know your audience? Number two, do you have a strategy? If you can say yes to those two things, then absolutely you must be blogging. And, you know, this really strikes, Ashley, at the core of our actual proprietary system. And mm-hmm. we've worked years, you know, to develop this methodology. And I know you've come in on it in this last year. And, oh, my gosh, you're such a quick learner. But I think you really know deeply already how important it is to know your audience first and foremost. Yes, yeah. And here we eat, live, breathe, mm-hmm. sleep personas, right? Right. We sure do. <laughs> you know, because if you don't know who you're creating your content for, 
And secondly, what you need them to do. Let's say you know your audience and you're talking with them, and then you want to motivate them to do something. Well, you've got to know who they are to get to them, and then you got to know what are you asking them to do? Because once right. you get people listening, and then some people are like, oh, I got them listening. I have a huge following. Yeah, but where are you going? Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it may be a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> Scary. Scary. <laughs> but yeah, that's so true. Um, blogging is a bigger question than just writing words that go on your website. Yeah, it's about yeah. reaching your ideal client, mm-hmm. not just any client, not just any customer, but your ideal customer. That's why you're writing blogs when it yeah. comes down to it. You okay. Need... Let, let's take that even okay. deeper. I like where you're going with that. Yeah. It, th- that's why. But then also, can we ask even deeper, why are we in business? Right. To make money. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I really believe so strongly that you have to have a system. Like, mm. we, there's so much freak out. There's so much pressure on people. There's so much, um, you know, just a confusion about what's going on. And so... That's why we created our methodology. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who haven't been around, you know, Little Bird enough, our methodology is called SOAR, S-O-A-R, and it stands for Strategic, Organized, Accountable, and Repeatable. And so uh, let's back a step up about why blog. Well, why blog is if it, it, blogging is a key part of how you create a sustainable and predictable system for right. lead generation. Yes. Right. And so the lead generation is what we're after and the generating the leads to get to the right salespeople to actually convert and right. to get to have new uh, new clients who are ideal clients. Mm-hmm. So, oh, my gosh, we just like did, I think, marketing 101. I know. <laughs> right. And all but that. But it's necessary. You oh, have to you have just... to have that basis in order to write blogs that are really going to benefit your business. And yeah. I mean, I I don't like to toot our own horn, mm-hmm. but I will because oh, we're honestly <laughs> we're great at it. Our, yeah. If you if you visit the Little Bird Marketing blog, mm-hmm. you're gonna see the same themes repeating themselves. Mm-hmm. You're gonna see things on buyer personas. You're gonna see things on blogging. You're gonna see things on social media. We know what we're good at. We know what our our ideal client wants to hear, and that's what we're targeting in our blogs. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think we do a pretty good job of it. Yeah, yeah. And I'd say I'd like to say we do. Um, but you guys do. <laughs> you make me look good. <laughs> but, you know, there was once upon a time here at Little Bird when I wrote every single That's thing that true. went out of this Every place. social media post. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> totally. But I, I like this idea. Like this to me is the nugget of it because I think people get caught up in trends and, and tips and all these other kind of stuff. And we'll talk about some of those today because everybody always wants some of mm-hmm. them. But I always come back to the more meaningful conversation is when someone asks me, um, you know, should I blog? I'm like, I don't know. Let me hear more yeah. and say, why would you want to blog? Mm-hmm. And if at the end the answer isn't, well, because I want to attract my absolutely most ideal client over and over again. Mm-hmm. I want to service them well. I want to show them that I know I know them. Right. I know them. I know their problems. And my product or service solves their problems in a very beautiful way and, and hopefully in a unique way. And And I want to just absolutely delight them. Mm. You know, these clients who are looking for me for this service or this product or whatever it is, I want them to go, yes, that was so good. I'm so glad that they found me. I'm so glad I followed this little, you know, I read this blog and then I read this article and then, and I really felt at the end that they understood my problem Mm -hmm. and I was willing to give them a shot. Right. And that's really at the heart of blogging. And so if people come into it from, well, my competitor's blogging, so I really should. 
No. We're kind of already losing because your competitor, P.S., might be losing money. Right? Yeah. You don't know. <laughs> no. So, they, they, I mean, they may be killing you, but we don't know yet. Yeah. But I don't think anybody would be, you know, slaughtering you on the competitor, you know, front unless they have a real strategy to right. do so. Right. Okay. So blocking has come a long way, oh, though. Oh, my gosh. And even if you know your ideal client, even if you know what you want them to do, mm-hmm. your blogs can still stink. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. You have to know kind of the trends that are going on, mm-hmm. how to make your information engaging, how mm-hmm. to how to really hit that uh, ideal client um, with something that would be interesting to them. Well, you know, see, some people complicate it, Ashley. That's the thing. They try and make it like way sexy or or they try and pack too much into it. Right. Like, oh, this is my whole manifesto for my life. Yeah. You know, it's like. And every, it's a book. <laughs> right. It's a book. And, uh, and everything our product can do. No, just one small slice. Right. Take a. Uh, you know, we talk about it a lot about um, turkey here mm. that, you know, really great blog content is Thanksgiving turkey. Yeah. But this is the reality. We're having turkey sandwiches. We're making t- turkey soup tomorrow. It's a uh, turkey casserole the yes. day after, you know, <laughs> and we're going to use all of the turkey. Right. You know, so I think it's sometimes people think that every single blog out the door has to be massively original. Mm. And I don't think it does. I do think it needs to be massively authentic. Mm, I think key. you need to remember that you're writing to another person. Right. No matter if you're business to business, you know, this kind of stuff, people, you know, talk about this kind of stuff. You're still, and I've heard other people say that, you're still talking to a human. You're still, yeah. We're still doing business human to human. Yes. And it's really funny to me how many people forget that. Mm. Yeah. And so they are a person, you know, they go out to dinner with someone and they're like, yeah, yeah. And they talk to mm-hmm. clients a certain way or they go out with their friends and talk a certain way. And then they read, a, go sit down to write a blog and then they, therefore, yeah. we are. <laughs> or it's one long sales pitch. Oh, yeah, yeah. Nobody wants to no. be around that person at a cocktail party. No, definitely not. <laughs> if you're writing and you're annoying your neighbor, <laughs> you need to stop. Yeah, quit. <laughs> Cardinal rule of web copy. I always talk about blogging and web copy. Yeah. Um, do not be boring. Mm. Yeah. You know, and so you you can't just go in there and just write some dry piece. Now, obviously, there are a lot of topics that are incredibly serious, and they are maybe even technical, or maybe sure. they could be difficult, maybe mm. you know very sensitive. Um, but we have a lot of clients that fit all of those bills. Yeah. But you can still talk to someone you know, like a person. So whether you're talking about, you know, grief or, mm. or you know, bereavement, serious issues, or whether you're talking about a life-threatening illness. I'm trying to think of just all kinds of different sensitive yeah. things we've written about, about funeral services or, <laughs> you know, um, or you're talking about plasma cutting, which yeah. is incredibly technical and maybe right. some people might be boring. I think the point is you got to be thinking, why is someone who is about to embark on a plasma cutting project reading this mm. And what do they need or how can I make this, make it sound like it was not written by a robot? Yeah. And one of our rules, how can I be helpful? Oh, man, that's one Number of our one rules. rule in content marketing right <laughs> yeah. there. Yeah. I talk about a lot, um, it, you know, and that's what you talked about, you know, people writing too much sales yeah. copy is that old Zig Ziglar approach of ABC, always be closing. But in inbound marketing and blogging, therefore, yeah. it is also about ABH, always be helping. Mm-hmm. What can you do to help? Um, somebody along to discover whether or not you're the right fit for them. And sometimes the best thing a blog can do for you is to help someone turn away from your company and say, yeah, mm-hmm. that's not exactly for me. Yeah. And that is equally helpful than just gathering the masses. Right. Right. Yeah. 
Okay, so let's jump into to ways you can make your blog great. What are what are some trends that are happening really this year? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I'm going to give a little shout out. I know he's not expecting it, but I love Orbit Media. Mm. They are a great team out of Chicago. We just finished up a project where we had a mutual customer. And, oh, my gosh, it was super fun. Um, but Andy's team, sometimes I end up sharing a, a stage with Andy Crestadina um, here and there on the on the speaking circuit. Mm. <laughs> he's He's just a genius. I remember... You know, a couple of years ago, you know, the average blog post length was rising and, it, you know, it was getting it was it was kind of getting um, past the thousand mm. um, mark a couple of years ago. And then now what we see trending is even like 1500 kind of came in and started getting more popular. Wow. And it was almost like counterintuitive. People were saying, oh, well, you shouldn't you should really keep it short and sweet. And, and then this this is what I always like to remember. Don't listen to people when they have an emphatic black or white. Make it long. Make it short. Mm-hmm. No, make it relevant. Yes. But people do ask us for these these mm-hmm. trends and these numbers. And so we will share these stats. What's interesting is that actually the long content format, uh, which we would consider about like the 4,000, right. you know, so words pretty long. plus. Very, yeah, quite long. Um, it really has gained a lot of popularity. And I think that the ones that really capture people are the ones that are truly talking in a very conversational tone. Mm. And they're really being exhaustive on one small piece of a puzzle Mm -hmm. to where people really are understanding something. Because let's be honest, every industry is experiencing information overload. And so when someone can really come out as an accomplished thought leader and really give a long format answer to something that is either trending or troubling people, again, being helpful, what we found is that people are being rewarded with long format blog content. And that is good to know. Yeah. Right? It's it's almost necessary in some cases with the way that keyword and SEO is changing. Mm, Yeah. It's not if you're if you're blogging about something, it's not getting that exact keyword in there X amount of times. There's no perfect (laughs) format anymore. You're trying to mix it up. You're trying Google's Google Smart. Right. Google Smart. And Mm -hmm. they can they can pick up what you're writing about. So it's all about Hitting keywords, long format keywords, mm-hmm. multiple times over, yeah, over a couple paragraphs. Yeah. yeah, subject matter. Like what you said about our blog is like, you know, if someone asked me, oh, well, you know, send me your blog on personas. Um, I'm like, uh, which, which one? one? Yeah. <laughs> uh, because we come at it from so many different angles and come at it from um, – Maybe maybe different piece different parts of the strategy. Right. Like, you, how do you think about the persona at the beginning? How do you mm-hmm. think about the persona? You know, ninety days into a new right. strategy, how do you think about a persona when someone's presenting you with a "Hey, should you come to this trade show?" Mm-hmm. Now, let's think about that for right. a minute. Let me go back to my persona. So, you have to come back to personas in a lot of different ways, and so it's important for us to skin that cat mm-hmm. all those different ways, yeah. right? Yeah. So, yeah, I I, I like that. I I think. Again, you know, as a trend, it's good to know the stats that long format is really being rewarded. 
but I have to impress on people. That's why we believe in building a platform where you can see your own stats. Mm -hmm. Try it out. Try a short format. Try out three short formats. Try out one format. What works for you? And then base, you know, that's kind of where we say, you know, an SOAR, SOAR, the R is the repeatable. Well, Mm -hmm. you have to measure to know if you want to repeat success, you need to know what were the things that were the success. And that's the A, which is accountable. So we get the reporting and then we repeat the things that work. So if short format did not work for you and nobody's reading those blogs, then quit doing it. Right. Yep. So something else I hear you talk about Mm -hmm. um, is creativity, creativity and storytelling when Mm -hmm. it comes to blogging specifically. So maybe tell me a little bit more about that. Wow. Okay. Creativity and storytelling. Those are both huge topics. And, um, you know, I will put a small caveat real quick before we talk really about creativity to talk about storytelling, because I do, for whatever reason, we specialize in helping market research. Yes. <laughs> How many guys? We got there. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're experts now. And uh, uh, what's interesting is that I hear the idea of storytelling mm. Um, from them, and they are kind of unlikely suspects to be talking about storytelling. Right. They're numbers people. They're stats people. On the other hand, there's so much to be said for qualitative hmm. market research. And so I start hearing incredible you know, stories. But there are some people who gather the qualitative data and then are really no good hmm. at telling the story that is emerging. And then some of them, who I think are the winners, who are really good at distilling the story. What are the threads that are coming out from all of this Massive amounts of data of, of um, you know, of qualitative data. So a kind of a caveat to say in market research, I think it is interesting if they're writing blogs where storytelling is emerging, not as a trend, but as a necessity, you right. know, to do very good work. I think then if that is imperative to your work, then that needs to be imperative in your blogging. Right. Right. So, but I think the bigger question you were asking me more is what about creativity in the way that we blog? And this yeah. applies to every... Right every industry, right? So one thing I really like that we've done over the last uh, couple years is um, including gifts in the mm-hmm. middle of blogs. Gifts make everything <laughs> Oh, better. yeah, pretty Every. much, pretty much. And these are things that just trend. They're going to yeah. pop in. They're going to pop out. But they are fun. Mm-hmm. And again, if we are writing for people, then we should make it enjoyable for right. people. Right. And my favorite gift, you know what I'm going to say. I don't. You don't, is the meet people. Which one is this? Oh, my gosh. We have to put it in the show notes. But it's, you know, I talk a lot about networking and I teach on social media and how to amplify your thought leadership through social media, especially LinkedIn, right, Right. for for, uh, C-suite. And so I always talk about how people want to go network and they Mm. meet people and they meet people and they meet people. And it's this gift that is uh, it's so hilarious, but it's meet people, M-E-A-T people. And I mean, when I talk sometimes, when I do it in a in training, I always use that gift, and it gets people laughing because for just a moment they can break and and I interrupt the pattern mm-hmm. to get them to think differently about networking. Right. And they've laughed and they're like, "Okay, people are not meat," yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, that's and you know, and is it nonsensical? Yes, it is. But when you're talking with people and you can, you know, go on and on and be incredibly boring in a LinkedIn seminar. Or you could have a good time yeah. and you could meet people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I think creativity, like I think about things like that. But if you have a very serious mm-hmm. topic, I think another really creative way to get to it is by including video in yeah. your blogging. Right. And I mean, you know what video is doing. Yeah. Uh, it's just crazy. Yeah. yeah. Whether it's on social or in blogs, people are more likely to watch videos these days. It's yeah. just and, – and really the algorithm on Facebook – 
and other places on the internet too, it's it they're rewarding it when yeah. you put a video out there. Yeah, so absolutely. it's like one of those things, why wouldn't you do it? Oh, yeah, for sure. And also, <laughs> the next step is it's gotten easier and easier for people to do oh, it. Oh, yeah. And I think too, society has gotten easier and easier to accept it because, you know, the consumer is not demanding this high quality, you know, Hollywood version of something. No. In fact, it's the opposite. I think that the consumer wants to see real people. Yes. Yeah. And they want to have that experience yeah. like, oh, you're you're a person like me. Right. <laughs> Even if you just take your iPhone out, you film mm-hmm. a minute message that could go, you know, somewhere in your blog. I think that could be extremely mm-hmm. helpful for communicating your point, but mm-hmm. also for your reader to feel like they're connecting with a real person. Right. No, for sure. And then, of course, images in blogs. I think, you know, if you look at our blog, I mean... Sometimes, you know, I'll have written an article and I give it to the team and then the featured graphic gets mm-hmm. put on and I see it on the website and I am on the floor laughing <laughs> because I'm like, I I would have never thought of yeah. that. And I can think about some of them like we did a blog roundup for something and Leighton put on these hilarious like old kind of vaudeville like um, yes. cowboy roundup. Yes, like, I love that one. that one. And then also I did, um, um, oh, uh, there was another one that I, I did about um, kind of like. Um, the difference between two different kinds of, you know, PPC versus, um, you know, SEM, like different, you know, right. uh, digital advertising thing. And I was talking about how one is push and one is one pull. Is, yes. And it was push like the push and pull-ups pull and stuff. Yeah. And then there was another one that I was talking about how you have to be disciplined, you know, when you do. So I can't yeah. even remember what the blog was about. But then it came back and it says, don't skip leg day. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That one's hilarious. <laughs> and it's I kind just, of these old school pictures yeah, of people working out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, we do have a women's school brand and we get to do that. But, you know, the, the blogs are really serious mm-hmm. and they are very well researched mm-hmm. and we take a lot of time to read them because right. we're trying to be incredibly helpful to people who have limited time right. and are really trying to get to the bottom of what's going on in marketing. But that doesn't keep us from being a little bit fun and funny. Right. And I think a lot of brands have a lot more leeway than they think they do. Right. Right? Yeah. And I think there one of the, the key things is is quality, yeah. really. And that's that's really another trend that's going on right now that at one point in time, I feel like people – thought it's all about quantity. Yeah. How can yeah. we get the most amount out every single day? I should be doing this every single day. I should be just putting words out there. But what's well, what I you think said earlier about keyword stuffing. Right. And that is so like actually you're getting punished for that now. Right. So now even some of your legacy blogs may be hurting you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oops, you heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> Come see us at Little Bird Marketing. <laughs> We'll clean up your website. That's <laughs> what we're good on. So we have had to clean up some websites before. Tell me a little bit. What right. you what do you think about what's trending when it comes to making your blog look the best? Well, what's trending is that people are not going to put up with a poorly organized website. It's true. <laughs> people are busy. They don't have time for it. And if you haven't really thought about your audience and how they can very quickly get to what they're actually looking for and immediately get to being helpful. I mean, be helpful the way that you're trying to get them, get to be more helpful to them, right? Right. So taking care of your audience, nurturing your audience is about also stopping and taking care of your website. So if things are hurting you on the SEO front on your website, that's one thing. But a second thing is your actual design, you know, hands down, better website layout will win. Creating really just a clean feel, you know, and a great navigation, some maybe some 
creative images, some appeal. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are people. Yeah. And they're only going to click on something that they think is worth their click. Yeah. You know, and so I guess in terms of design makeover for websites, when I think about that topic, I think, well, when was the last time you were on your website? Hmm. And I seriously, and I was great, you know, as a client we've had for years and years, and I had been, you know, tapping her on the shoulder. It's time for us to talk about your website. So she came in yesterday and she's just so awesome. Yeah. You know, she's such a great client. And she's like, I know, I know. <laughs> I'm like, I haven't even started. <laughs> she's like, she goes, I know, we need to revamp our website. I'm yeah. like, yeah, yeah. But before we do, let's talk about what's going right. Yeah. Let's talk about where you are in terms of profit. Mm. Let's talk about what you need to go the next step, right. you know, so that I know how to best clean the mm. website. So I know what to get now. There are things that were not superfluous on their site before that now we absolutely need to get rid of. It means nothing anymore. And so there's a constant, you know, cleaning up and a Mm -hmm. redesigning of websites, a retooling that needs to be done. And in terms of blogging, it's no different. If you're really going to make a commitment to blog and to really serve an audience who needs you, needs you maybe even desperately, Mm -hmm. then good God, make it easy for them to find what they need. So, you know, and if if you're unclear about it or you don't have a big budget to have someone help, just make it clean. Mm-hmm. When in doubt, take stuff yeah. off. Yeah. It's the best thing you could do. Your yeah. website matters. Oh, it my matters so much. More oh, yeah. than ever. Yeah. More than ever. Yeah, yeah. Well, it does matter a lot because, you know, if we talk about the, the blogging trends, one of the trends that it's really affecting blogs is that traffic, web traffic, just like, oh, I just found you, mm-hmm. web traffic is going down. Right. People are really looking for information and they're asking questions in a very different way than they were before. And you hit on this a little bit earlier about how search engines are getting much smarter about delivering the right website. Right. And so they need to try and figure out, well, what is the site really about or what is what is the area mm-hmm. of this company's expertise? Like right. They want to, you know, they want, look, look at this, uh, search engines want to make money. Okay, so let's take that step back. They want to make money. How do they make money? They make money by delivering relevant answers to questions that people are asking. So they need to intuit what it is. What were the intentions of the person Mm. who is searching on the search engine? So I use this example kind of uh, a lot of times. Let's say that over time I, you know, let's say I'm a runner. See, this is fairy tale right here. (laughs) This is where we venture into creativity. (laughs) Um, So let's say I'm a runner. And um, I'm traveling, and uh, so let's say I'm in Chicago, and let's say the Chicago Marathon is coming up, and I Google uh, the word, you know, the phrase tennis shoes. Hmm. Well, should Google give me, like, where the nearest tennis court is? Should it give me, you know, um, you know, um, tennis, where I can buy tennis balls? Right. Where I can, you know, what's the country club that near, you know, these all these kinds of things. Or... Does it know based on all my other searches and everything else that I do online that I am looking for a running store? I'm looking for running shoes. But I didn't say running shoes because I'm a human and not a robot. And even, you know, if buying the Google Home has taught me anything, (laughs) I am not a robot because I can't get that thing to do anything I mean for it to do. That's hilarious. Um, but my little one is now given to saying, you know, hey, Google, self-destruct. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) And that's always a good time. But I think it just goes to show as, you know, AI, you know, gets, you know, deeper and deeper into our lives, 
the the robots that are running our lives Mm -hmm. (laughs) are trying to figure out, but what do you want to do? They are trying to be helpful. Right. And so we have to work with the robots. (laughs) You heard it here first. Work with the robots. Oh, my gosh. That's a T-shirt. That's a a T-shirt. Work Work with the robots. We we might need to make that. Maybe we could have a contest for who can win the work with the robots. (laughs) Sure. But, you know, it's, it's, it's funny, but once people, it kind of dawns on them, they realize that, you know, Google is trying to make money by serving up the right thing. Because if I ask Google four times for the same thing and it gives me ridiculously unrelevant answers, I'm not going to value no, Google search you'll engine go somewhere anymore. Else. I will go somewhere else. And so it's really important to understand what it is they're trying to do so that we can align our strategies in order to win for our copy. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. So well, I know it makes sense to you. Because yeah. <laughs> you do it all day long. Does that long. make sense to you guys out there? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. But, you know, people don't want to do six searches to find the thing they're no. looking for. No, They want to type it in once and be like, oh, my gosh, this thing is magic. Yeah. And have options. Yes, and have options. And be delivered something that in the end, after they did spend the time to read it, felt like this this copy came from a place of authority mm. and a, a place of, you know, yeah. authenticity and a place of expertise. Right. So they were informed. And then they're going to, of course, love the search engines all the more. Mm-hmm. Then we will love the robots. <laughs> First, we will work with them. Then, then we, we will love, love them. them. <laughs> but, you know, you it comes back to what you said earlier about the the quality of the content you know, and making sure that we're answering questions mm. that our ideal client persona is asking because it is those questions that are being Googled. Right. 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 And we keep saying Google. There's other search engines, yeah. but come on, let's but, all face it. Yeah. It's the one we're all using. <laughs> it's the one we're using unless you're, you know, 70. <laughs> um, so anyway, <laughs> so, you know, coming back to like what is the biggest, you know, the most positive trend that's happening is that people are getting focused on the quality of the content and how well they are answering really the questions that the audience um, has, you know, as mm-hmm. quickly, as directly, as uh, as um, comprehensively as they right. possibly can. And I would take it one step further if I can get on my persona yeah. soapbox. Yeah. <laughs> you know me. I mean? um, Usually once per episode. <laughs> right, right. Okay. <laughs> is that it's deeper than just does this person need my my service or how does my service, you know, or product um, help them? Right. It's deeper than that. It's sometimes blogging about something that does not promote your product or service directly or at all. Yeah. At all. Yeah. Sometimes it's just building rapport and saying, hey, you, he, in, you know, identified audience that I <laughs> would love to have as a client. Um, I get you. And I'm going to try and build some rapport here with you by helping solve something else that's been nagging on you. And if I can help you solve that other superfluous problem, maybe you'll trust me to solve your problem that that mm-hmm. is in alignment with my product or service, yeah. right? So I ask a little bit deeper when we do persona work, things like, hey, what keeps this person up at night? What are they really worried about? Like, seriously, what are they losing sleep over? Yeah. Try and solve those problems, and then they'll start following your blog, and and then they'll look to you to solve some of the problems right. they have that fall into your right. purview. When you're helpful, when you're relevant, that's when you get people coming back to your site regularly and relying on you and yeah. then eventually becoming a customer of right. yours. Right, right, right. And, yeah, absolutely. 
I can't get any easier yeah. than that. Yeah. All of okay, so all these things have been mm-hmm. kind of these really big ideas, mm-hmm. trends, but we probably have some listeners out there that are like, okay, give me the numbers. Where are mm-hmm. the numbers at for this? So, well, I did pull a few because you you had mentioned to me we we're going to talk a little bit about numbers. Um, but one I didn't even have to pull that I had just seen the other day. It's nearing sixty percent, um, and this is a stat that I read on HubSpot. Um, it's nearing 60% of marketers who say that blog content creation is absolutely their number one top inbound marketing priority. Whoa. That's and a big number. I know. You know what that is for us? That's job security. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, the other thing you hit on a little earlier is also a stat that I was really happy to get a stat about it because um, you mentioned that, um, cus- you know, companies that, uh, you know, publish many, many blogs right. each month that they get rewarded. And actually, I found a stat for it. Okay, you're gonna, let's you're hear love it. This. Uh, companies that published more than 16 blog posts per month got almost three and a half times more traffic than companies that purchase that, uh, that published zero to four monthly posts. Wow. And now you think about it, zero, you'd be like, well, yeah, of course, you know. Yeah, they're getting more. Yeah. Right. But even if you are doing Four. Monthly. So that's monthly, one a week. One a week. Okay. Which for a lot of companies, that's that's a lot. It is a lot. And that is, again, we kind of come back to it. Why do people come to us? Number one, they have no bandwidth. Right. Because <laughs> they know they're, they're, they have a lot of good content. A lot of our clients really before us had a lot of good con- mm-hmm. content. They just couldn't get it formatted, couldn't get in alignment with strategy, and mm-hmm. they couldn't get it out the door. Right. Right. But that is, I think, an insane stat. And it even makes me go gosh, how could we drive our traffic yeah. even more, you know? Yeah. So it's important to always look at these yeah. things because you always it makes you, you know, consider if you were starting out blogging, you mm-hmm. would have to really take that into consideration. Yeah. We have an established audience. Mm-hmm. We know who we're looking for. We're happy right. with the lead generation that we, that we're, you know, the whole program we're doing. And so that's something where we would analyze that kind of a issue more on our own statistics. Right. But if you were starting out, I think that's the pain that where we started this podcast and about like people, if they're starting out now, mm-hmm. should they even bother blogging? Yeah. Because that is the number that you're going to have to, yeah. you know, compete with. And it's a big one. Mm-hmm. Earlier, we were kind of talking about uh, getting people to come back to your blogs mm-hmm. um, and really what that turnover is from someone reading your blog to someone purchasing something from mm-hmm. you or becoming a customer of yours. Right. Right. Well, you know. Uh, the truth of the matter is, is that no matter how you slice the stats from every company here and there, is that people uh, read at this point anywhere three, four, five, six pieces of content before they commit to buying. Wow. That's I a lot. Know, I know. And so that kind of kind of back to you talking about like, you know, someone making one big long manifesto. I got to tell you everything about my right. product. No, because they're going to come three mm-hmm. or four or five times. You can't blow it all in one piece, one blog right. content. It's probably going to get so dry they're not yeah. going to finish it anyway. Well, and those those three to six, you know, pieces of content that they're reading, they don't want to read. They're not reading three to six sales pieces. Those no. Those content pieces are ranging from things that have to do with a product to mm-hmm. a problem that they have. Mm-hmm. It's it's a wide range. They're mm-hmm. reading things that are on a scale. Right, right. And you know what? There was a really good report um, from Demand Gen. It's the Demand Gen report. And actually, they talked even more importantly about the fact that these people are reading those pieces of content before they even talk with one of your sales reps. Wow. So let's just put it this way. 
your blog is a sales rep Mm -hmm. and is it doing a good job? Would you hire your blog? Would they get a raise? Would they get to stay at your company? (laughs) (laughs) All good questions. So if I have a blog Mm -hmm. on my website, does it does it typically do better than websites that don't have blogs? Oh, yeah, absolutely. By far. And I think that's like um, just okay. let me let me back up. It's not just that you have blog a blog on your website because just putting a blog on there does not help. But indexing it properly, mm. if you index your uh, your web pages properly, all of your blogs uh, properly, and I know one of your things, which is that you are the master of linking. I, you know, so I do love links. <laughs> you love links and you're terrific at it. And what we mean by that, which I'm always trying to you not just breeze past something we say, but kind of explain it to people. Like we mentioned, you know, we talk about personas five, six, seven, eight times in over the course of years. Um, and every time we mention a certain phrase, we want to make sure, hey, did we write about this phrase before? Did mm-hmm. we write about it from this perspective? Because let's hyperlink right. that blog here because we want to be helpful. If someone's like reading a blog and going, yeah, this is kind of what I'm interested in, but you know what? I was really more interested in, <gasps> boom, that's exactly. the one I'm more interested They'll leave that blog and go mm-hmm. read the one that is more narrowly focused on what they want to do. Right. So, for example, I can think of one. This is great. I just thought of one. <laughs> so one of our personas, you know, um, blogs um, was we we're just talking about blog uh, about personas, personas, blah, blah, blah. And then it says, yeah, but that's all well and good if you can talk with your client. But how do you create a persona, ideal client persona when you don't have access to our client's client, right? If we can't talk to a real customer of theirs in order to flesh out, um, you know, this ideal client persona, if we are just, quote unquote, guessing, it's quite educated Mm -hmm. guess because, you know, we do have a lot of expertise. But there is a difference in a nuance of how you go about building a persona when, when our client will let us talk to some of their ideal clients and when they won't. Hmm. And so, you know, if you think about that, indexing that blog properly on our website and hyperlinking it to different places is really key. So, for example, if I had it indexed properly and someone Googled how to build an ideal client persona when I can't talk to the client, you know, they could have gone directly to the right place right. if I had indexed that properly. Mm-hmm. But if they, and you know, asked a, you know, generic question like building a good persona, right. they might get to that one blog, but I'm going to try and feed them to the right one as quickly right. as I can. Yeah. I think that's probably the best example yeah. I can give for that. But, you know, it, it, the reality is, is that no matter how you slice it, you know, um, the current statistic out there for, you know, how much better will your site do um, than your competitor if you're blogging and they aren't, the answer is 13 times better. Whoa. <laughs> these are just traffic numbers. Yeah. That is a lot. Yeah. That and and lot. these numbers matter. They're all things that you should be thinking about. If you right. have a blog, if you're planning on starting a blog, mm-hmm. it's all important. Right. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So when it comes to actually crafting the blog, mm-hmm. the title, the heading, the body. Let's get into some of, some of those stats because those those things matter. Okay, can we turn the tide because this is your like so much more your area of expertise. Sure. I know these things more gen, you know generically, mm-hmm. but because you're doing this every day here, yep. <laughs> I think you're probably even more current with some of these stats. So let me turn the tide on you and say, hey, if I came to you and said, hey, build the absolute best 
headline you possibly could for that. Let's start at the top. That's okay. the headline. Okay. So if I could build the absolute best headline for the blog, what should I do? Okay, so when it comes to words, how mm-hmm. long it should be, really, mm-hmm. we always try to craft something that's between 6 to 13 words okay. for a title, which some of those may seem kind of long. And if you hop on the Little Bird Marketing blog, you'll see some of our titles are a little bit shorter mm-hmm. and some are a little bit longer, but they're all relevant and they right. all have those long tail keywords mm-hmm. in there. Well, also, we test ours. We do. We do shorter and then we do longer and then we go, hmm. Which one did <laughs> yeah. better? Yeah. And people think that we should just know that off the cup. No, you have to test it. But yeah. Okay. So six six to 13 words. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is good. Tell me more. <laughs> and also, when it comes to headlines, again, if you're on our blog, you're going to see we have some that are list-based. It will be three tips for this, okay. two tips for that. And the stat there is 36% of people prefer list-based headlines. I I love them. You know what you're going to get. Yeah, exactly. And I know kind of like the scope of what you're going to tell me too. Yeah, but you're right. We sit in those meetings and you guys run me through the numbers and I'm like every time at the top of the list of what is performing the best for us for blogs are list-type headlines. Right. If you think about it, when you're Googling something, if a link pops up and it says, Five fun ways to incorporate a GIF in mm-hmm. your next email. That's one of our blogs. Okay. Um, <laughs> I am, uh, internal plug. <laughs> I am more likely yeah. to click on that than something that's vague because with the five tips, I know exactly what I'm getting there. I'm not right. going to be stuck on a page where I'm reading something for right. 30 minutes. Right. So it's not like, should I GIF or should I not GIF? Right. That's, that's vague. We're not getting into theory. Here's right. five tips you can do right now. Mm-hmm. Easy. Actionable items, mm-hmm. people. Actionable items. Okay. Well, we just have a few more minutes, so let me keep asking you just yeah, a few questions about, like, some technical kind of stuff. Um, so I know I mentioned to you, which which I knew the stats about, you know, because um, I talk with colleagues about this a lot, about how the length of the actual body is going up. So once upon a time, kind of way back when I really first started blogging, I was shooting for 800 words. Mm. Then it became, oh, my gosh, we should try 1,000. Oh, we should try 12. And then one year I like did this one that was 3,500. Oh, my gosh, I can't even tell you how many people read that article. And I'm like, what? Yeah. So, you know, trial and error um, and know your stats, right? right? But that is trending. Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit about what you're seeing because you're the one right. looking at those reports So first. like you mentioned earlier, it really Every blog is going to be a little bit different, but Mm -hmm. the average blog post length right now is actually 1,050 words. Seems seems like a weird number, but (laughs) but it's around 1,000 words. Yeah. You know what? What I find, though, and tell me if you think this is true, I'm seeing that so few Mm -hmm. companies are writing anything over, you know, Six, seven, eight hundred. Yeah, it's true. Actually, that stat is eighteen percent of companies' uh, blog posts are over seven hundred. Ooh, that's words. a good stat. What was that? Eighteen percent. Eighteen percent. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Okay, so in the stats that you pulled for this, do you have one more that you would pick out for me that you think, oh man, Priscilla will love this? Oh yeah, this stat. Okay, yeah. show me, tell me, tell me, you're like your best one about like what people should do in the body of their okay. blog. So when it comes to your body, when it's Not just longer, but in-depth, more helpful blog posts, those generate nine times more leads than shorter ones. Oh, see, you picked out a stat that involved leads. Yes. Let's go back to the beginning of this podcast. There we go. All about lead generation, folks. We are not a non-for-profit. No. No, it's about (laughs) Um, sales. It's about sales. It's about, you know, uh, yeah, generating leads and actually 
um, you know, having your blogs be a part of a predictable and sustainable system that is constantly generating leads. So you heard it here first. If you if you can do very relevant, longer, in-depth blog posts from your area of expertise, you are going to generate nine times more leads than just a simple short blog. So the kind of the question people ask me, should I blog or should I not? Well, yeah, but how you do it really matters. Yeah, yeah it really does. <laughs> of course, you know, you shouldn't do it if you're going to do it poorly. No. Uh, what you should do then is just take your finger, write the words that you must get out into the air, and then let them go away because <laughs> <laughs> you will save yourself a lot of headache, right? So um, so I wanted to end this episode with one stat that I, I thought was really relevant and I think would be leave, uh, you know, just some good Think about this one a little bit, you know, Mm -hmm. to end the podcast. So I got this one from HubSpot, and uh, it said that um, they did a study, and 43% of people admit to skimming blog posts. I do it. I I, Honestly, I have to say, when I looked at the stat, I thought, it's got to be higher than that. Yeah. But I did notice that they used the word admit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I know. There's... I mean, in reality, most people, even if they go back and they read, they're skimming mm-hmm. first to see if it's mm-hmm. going to be, if it, they're going to get the answer. Mm-hmm. So what yeah. they're looking at there are, they're looking at your headlines. Mm-hmm. They're looking at what's bolded in your text. Oh, yeah. What's yeah. a different color? What's underlined? Mm-hmm. Those things that pop out to see, okay, am, are my eyes catching a keyword mm-hmm. here? Yeah. They're looking at my gif about meet people. Yes. <laughs> If it's funny, they're more likely to stick. Right, right, for sure. Oh, you know what? Let's not end there. Actually, I, I, I lied. Let's Since we were joking around about the gifts and about where your eyes go, let's talk for just a minute about visuals, about like where eyes, where, where eyeballs do go. Mm. You know, in, in your experience, you know, what what else might you say about visual content? You know, you were meeting with one of our clients and they're you know, they're kind of wondering why we're trying to use three, four photos. Why are we adding a video? Right. Why are we adding a GIF? Like, what would you say to them? Okay, this this stat is mm-hmm. really interesting, and this one's by HubSpot as well. Mm-hmm. But studies actually show that people have the ability to recall 65% of the visual contact content that they saw oh. almost three days later. Holy smokes. I usually can't even remember what I ate for breakfast that morning. But <laughs> well, visual... maybe you should take a picture <laughs> <know>. of it. <laughs> exactly. Then I'll remember it three days later. Oh, my gosh. This is funny. I love this when you bring stats and I bring stats because I think different stats mean different things to us mm. because of what you do day to day and what I do day to day. And so I think getting both perspectives because, you know, I, you know, I can tell a client, look, we're going to do this. We're going to get these results. But you have to actually get in there and do it. Right. And then we're held accountable for those numbers. So I think it is interesting, you know, that some of those stats you pulled, I think, were even better at being really direct and being like, look, this is how you get things done, people. Get it done. (laughs) Yeah. So I love that. You know, do you want people three days later to be able to recall 65% of what you told them? Then you better put an image. Yeah. Or it better be so delightful. Right. Like we use different colors, mm-hmm. you know, even different headers or sections. Um, and 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 even kind of like I love, you know how I love when I give you a copy that I wrote back, how much I love funny headlines mm-hmm. of, of love the chat, not, not the chat, but paragraphs. Yes. Like I don't just write paragraph, paragraph. Right? I, I give a summary of kind of a funny three word line. Like maybe right. I might say, you know, um, get brief. Get jogging, get go. You know, I I, yeah. I, might, I might I try and kind of do a little bit of alliteration or something like that to show people how things are flowing. Mm-hmm. But that is also a visual cue. It is, 
is to say, hey, this is my point one. Hey, this is my point two. Mm -hmm. Hey, this is my point. You're almost done here. Just finish this one. Keep reading. Stick with me. Right. Right. And then visual. I will add one other thing about um, visual that I think is really important that people forget. Uh, Back in the day, you know, when people started putting call to action buttons on their uh, blogs, Mm. they were only putting them at the very bottom. Yeah. Well, okay. We just gave you all kinds of stats. People aren't getting to the bottom, number one. Um, Number two, they're skimming, Mm -hmm. you know. And so thinking about um, two things that we use constantly, and one is anchor text. Yeah. And then the call to action buttons Mm -hmm. being, you know, bright and also being um, tested. Yeah. Right? This one works. But, the, you know, we one. never, yeah. yeah, we always get people clicking in on the orange one, but we never get people clicking in on the magenta one. That's yeah. interesting. Okay, what do we do with that info? Mm. And this is nitpicky, but um, that's our job. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's an interesting thing. Visually, think about where people's eyeballs are going. And, you know, you might want to put a call to action button near the very funny GIF. Yeah. Because you know that's where people. That's where pe- are people are right there. Yeah. You know, and so thinking that through, I think, is really good. But the um, uh, amazing, amazing social uh, media guy, content marketing guy, Jeff Bolas, he uh, he put on his blog that um, the truth of the matter is that blog articles with images get ninety four percent more views. That's a number. So you just don't even. Yeah. Why would you even? No. Write if you a don't, blog have anymore, you don't have an image. <laughs> Oh, Don't gosh. do it. So if you come yeah. up and ask me, <laughs> should I blog or should I not? Depends. Are you going to put an image yeah. in there? Because <laughs> that changes everything. That changes the whole thing. So, well, let, let's in in all seriousness. Now, for the second time, let is let us end <laughs> here. But I'm going to um, let you finish with some of the tactical things we do every time we write a blog. There's no sense writing a blog unless you're going to promote it well. Mm. I mean, that is a piece of content we put blood, sweat, and tears into. Right. And then so many people put it on a, a website and walk away. No. That it is, cannot end there. It can't. It can't. It so tell people kind of what we do in the source system and what are what, what are we thinking so that people can maybe grab that mindset and get actionable with sure. it today. So social media, really. That's mm-hmm. the key right there. You you spent time crafting this beautiful piece. You got your images in, in there. Right. <laughs> so what do you do next? You need to get it promoted on social media. Mm-hmm. On If you're on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, it should be on all those platforms and mm-hmm. not just once. Mm-hmm. You should be taking that article and, and re-promoting it at least once a quarter. Right. Twitter could be way more often than that. You yeah. could do it every other month on Twitter if you mm-hmm. wanted to. Mm-hmm. Get your get you have a big there. enough feed on Twitter and you have such an you do interactive it every other week. Can, yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. It's about again, you know, saying it uh, authentically. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe not doing it the same way. Right. But I remember a lot of people were like, you know, when, when they'd be first in the, they would be like, "You're gonna put that on Facebook twice." I'm like, twice? No, I'm not going to put it on Facebook twice. I'm going to put it on Facebook 12 times. Exactly. Are you crazy? We worked so hard on this piece, yeah. and the when people finally realize that. You know, if I saw something on your Facebook a month ago mm-hmm. and then the next like 30 days later, you sent it to me with a different image and with a freshened up text, different copy. I am not going to look at it and go, oh, this is the same thing I saw 30 no. days ago. Come yeah. on. And what are the chances that they clicked on it the first time? Actually right. kind of low. Yeah. So they see it the second time mm-hmm. and they take that action. They click on it. They read the blog. Right. Yeah. 
Amazing. Yeah. Okay. So please, please raise your right hand and <laughs> promise us that you will not create an amazing, beautiful piece of content and then fail to put visuals in it, yeah. <laughs> fail to link yeah. to anything else or fail to promote it on social or get it syndicated somewhere, yeah. you know? Pull it from your blog for a little while so you can get it syndicated and then bring it back in. Right. Whatever it is you need to do, make sure that the the time that you're spending writing is absolutely in alignment with your strategy, with where your company needs to go and grow, and then do it. Do it all the way. Do it with all your heart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do it down to the last thing because if it's worth doing, it's worth doing well. Right. Awesome. Well, you heard it here at Ponderings from the Perch, the Little Bird Marketing Company podcast. With me today was Ashley LeBlanc, one of our content marketing specialists here who works day in and day out on our source Mm -hmm. system. So um, this is the stuff we know off the top of our heads and we have fun talking about it because obviously you can hear we we love it. We we love talking about it. And more than anything, we love seeing people be successful. So hopefully you got a piece that was very actionable today. And no matter what you do. Um, please uh, let us know. Give us some feedback. We'd love to, you know, create a podcast that is meaningful to you. We're here to be helpful. So please get back with us. Find us on our any one of our social feeds and let us know what you want to hear. If you really love us, you'd go to iTunes and give us a five-star review. Please. <laughs> um, but in the review, you know, we're more interested not in, oh, you know, I love Ashley. She's so pretty. <laughs> it's true. But in that, in that review space, you could write something that you would like to hear about in a future podcast. And that would be super helpful. And that is one of the ways that other people discover our podcast by getting better and better reviews. So we'd appreciate that. But until the next time, from all of us at Little Bird Marketing, have a great day and happy marketing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.